Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things with Cinderin and Suns Fan. This is sponsored by nobody as of yet. Uh, yeah, this is just, well, first and foremost, Cinderin, how are you, friend? I'm good. I just I've watched Game you. of Thrones. Or don't worry, guys. I he will be banned if he spoils anything. There will never be spoilers I don't on spoil. this podcast. I will not spoil anything. Don't worry. Good. Am I loud enough? You're all over the place, but we're just gonna go with it. Uh, if people <laughs> oh complain, God. then they're just gonna complain. Uh, what okay. this podcast is about, Cinderin. First and foremost, I want to do this weekly, and I know everybody says they want to do stuff weekly, especially like fails, which is just a failure in a lot of ways. But that's just Slacks' fault. So I'm the one that shows yep. up every week. He doesn't. So Cinderin, if you show up every week, we're gonna be just fine. I get, I get brownie points. Yes. Do you want to talk about what stipulations in which it will not be weekly? Well, yeah, if either of us is not able to attend, it will not be weekly. But that will only be, you know, in the case of us going to events or having like practice, important practice with the team. Well, you could also technically be going to events if Artifact resurrects suddenly. Um, (laughs) Or (laughs) Good start. um, Excellent start. Um, yeah, or if I have boot camps with the team or whatever, but we'll try to make it weekly as much as possible. Yes, so. good, good. It should it should be doable. I I believe in us. I think yeah. we got. It. I think and we I th- got it. I think for my things can evolve, like I talked about in the vod that I made not too long ago. But I want this to be typically forty five minutes ish. That way we can actually get enough content to do every week. This first episode will probably be over. I I'm assuming it's gonna be over an hour. I don't have any idea, but uh, we're just kind of playing it by ear just to see. Uh, how it goes, kind of. But generally speaking, I think uh just want to talk about gaming, esports, you know, any news around anything that's related to that, like technology, for example. In the coming weeks, I definitely want to talk to you about Valve Index, Cinder. It will not be this episode. But Did you hit record, really by the way? Yes, I hit record. Okay, I, I know you, so I'm just checking you out. Even if I didn't hit record, as you can see, it is live <laughs> on Twitch, so I could get the VOD later, but thank you for interrupting. Nice. Uh, Eventually, this first episode might take a bit to get online for the audio people out there just because it takes a while for those uh, apps to actually propagate and whatnot. But generally speaking, I want this to be audio friendly, so we're not going to really do anything crazy on camera normally. There might be some exceptions. No. I mean, Cinder's face is pretty crazy, but aside yeah, from that... I'm out of know. control. But we, we have a lot of topics this week from community people suggesting stuff which you guys are awesome by the way we're going to give you shout outs as we go through them uh but the goal as we get started now is to just make this more of a conversation and less structured does that sound good cinderwin yes i'm having a conversation right now very Hello? good testicles one how two, are you three okay uh <laughs> would you <laughs> so before we actually get started i forgot i want to talk about one more thing we have so this is called uh, we say things, and you came up with this actually. Yes, yes. Right? 
What, of what was the inspiration behind that? Um, I was thinking, what is this podcast about and what do we do? And I was like, we say things. So there you go. Wow. That is, that is amazing. You know, Sorry, just drinking from my stein. As it's you called. See, you there, see, people ahead. listening to audio would not know that you did that. but you They would said not know. So That's why I'm live narrating so they get the full experience. That's perfect. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so Biting my lip. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we, I'm speaking now. <laughs> I just say that every time I start speaking. Um, I want to go over through, I want to go through the failed names with you real quick. All right. Before we get started with actual news and whatnot. So these are the failed names, failed names of the podcast that we came up with. So the first one I thought was hilarious. And then after five minutes of repeating it to myself, I realized it's not funny. It's called the, we do this weekly podcast. So the slogan is we do this weekly podcast called the We Do This Weekly Podcast. Why didn't we go with that one? Not yeah, like I, 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 I don't know. I actually don't. I can't I can't wrap my head around how we didn't decide on that one. Yeah, I know. Uh, and last night, the name was actually different than it is now because I couldn't get a hold of Cinder, but everything I could think of was horse-related. Uh, so yes, what a surprise. Horse, let the horse be with you. Let the horse consume you straight from the horse's mouth, which was an old that slogan one is better. of our old group. Well, the, the problem that with that one is, one is there's already a podcast named that, and that was our old slogan for Han back in the day on my casting oh, group. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Hapsleg, a nice community member, suggested Sind teaches Sunsfan about correct English grammar, which is perfect because he taught me what a Stein is. I never even fucking heard that before. By the way, this but is that an doesn't have anything podcast. to do with grammar. That's vocabulary. It's all intertwined, okay? Especially in America. <laughs> uh, Slacks will never be on this podcast podcast, which... That gets a top three out of the current suggestions for sure. or uh, out of all these. Sindarin's actual suggestion last night before I shot it down was, we are very smart. Can you speak about this one real quick? I'd appreciate it. Yeah. We shut it down because I'm only I am very smart. So we had to... <laughs> and we couldn't really do that because we couldn't include Sunsfan in that title. Well, but you could say, I, I am, am very, very smart, smart and, and Sunsfan <laughs> podcast. Well, no, you just say, I am very smart. And nobody knows who's the smart one until they oh. actually listen to the podcast. You see? That gets Two that minutes gets in, in, they know immediately. And then the other one before you, you came upon We Say Things was We Talk Stuff. Yeah, I think this is better. Good. I okay. am very smart, also Sunsfan. Yeah, good. Now that we've gotten through our very recent failures... Uh, let's catch up. What have you been up to, good sir? Haven't talked oh. to you in a long time, aside from this last what's week. The, what's the time horizon on what have we been doing? <laughs> the last 10 to 15 years. Oh, have you been... <laughs> that's a long no, story. That's... This episode will be more than an hour. <laughs> let's say the last, since last TI. Something around there, like uh, last year. I've been streaming. I've been playing in various teams that unfortunately were, like came close to making DPC events, but didn't do it. Um, we are also playing in a very tough region, to be fair. I think EU is very, very strong in the last half a year. Um, yeah, I've been working... Have I been to more than one event? I did the Bucharest Minor in January this year. Um, but I don't remember if I did anything after TI last year. I may have done one more event last year. That How doesn't come to mind, remember? probably. They all blend together, you know? So they're just not memorable at all. Hmm. And now, if I throw the question back at you, you will surely remember every artifact event you have done. 
in the last half a year. That's correct. I, I do yeah. remember every single I one. did WSOE, somebody just wrote in chat. That is correct. <laughs> I played at WSOE. Oh, that was as a, okay. a land. Yeah, we played. That Was that in November, I think? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't remember exactly. We don't need to know all the deets on every single thing. But, you know, I've basically been doing the same as always. So it's not that and are exciting. you are you happy are you okay with your well, life decisions this is a super deep <laughs> podcast all of a sudden by the way we i've been asking people I'm to happy. send uh questions and topics and whatnot. you can get pretty i don't know about you they can get pretty personal with me i don't have pretty much nothing sure. off limits there's a couple things like i'm not going to talk about my penis size although i don't you've care. done that before though we that did that was the old me draft. that was the old me okay okay he has so, matured I've matured or just realized after that you, after you 30 life does change that I was 30, I think when we did that. So were you a little okay. after 30? Yeah. Okay. Everything changes once you hit 32. So yeah, that's, that's probably about accurate. Uh, all right. So is that it? But what have you been doing? Yeah. Cause I, I don't mean, I mean, that's uh, me last year. I mean, I think I've talked about this many times. So I won't spend too much time on it. Uh, uh, obviously went to a bunch of events last year, then had some family tragedy or whatever you want to call it. Went into a deep hole, as it were. Wasn't invited to TI, and I took that pretty hard. But then I was invited to PAX, which was the Artifact event. That was super exciting. I thought that was very fun and really cool to see, like, Valve employees just doing manual labor. Like, like these people <laughs> that are, like, geniuses in their field just doing, like, stuff that you could hire somebody to do for $10 an hour, but just because they really love their project. That was awesome. Um, and then went to Kiev twice for We Play uh, artifact events, which were awesome. Uh, those have stories in themselves, which we can get to another time. And then Artifact died a horrible death, or whatever you want to call it, which we can talk about a little bit later, of course. Slacks thinks it's actually dead. I'm hopeful that in a year, maybe they'll update it. We'll see. Um, but that, obviously, investing so much time. I mean, you saw how much I was on playing in the beta. Yeah, you spent a lot was, of time on that game. I spent a shit ton of time on that game. Uh, a lot of it outside of the game, making game. videos. I, I still play every week, so I don't know. But we can yeah. get to that another time. But now just uh, mm -hmm. playing auto chess and doing this podcast with you. So Auto chess. We can get to that one too. I can't wait yeah, to talk about it. We with can. You. That should be interesting. That's okay. Good. Okay. So let's let's start with some Dota two. All right. Sure. We got we got some talent yeah. drama. This is a question and topics from topic from Caffeinated Savage. Big shout out to you, buddy. You sent like a million questions. He asks, and we picked one. I. But we. All right. If it. you don't if you don't hear your question or topic this time, it might be in a future episode because I just want to space it out. So. So, Cinder, and this is more towards you since you've been more entrenched in Dota as of recently, uh, or forever, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah, you, you take this one if you want. Okay, I'll just read out the question sure. straight up so we have the exact context. Talk about the hot topic regarding casters and how getting from Tier 2 or 3 to a Tier 1 caster is hard. What comes into play when becoming one? Is luck the deciding factor? Is hard work and determination uh, you... Okay, the grammar does hard work does, and does hard work and determination put you on top? Uh, do connections give you a chance to cast tier one events, majors slash minors, even though there are a lot of casters better than you? And does Dota skills have to do with it, i.e., becoming a top rank player? It's a lot of questions. That's a lot of things at once. Um, I would say something that 
I think plays a big role in every industry and obviously esports is different in some ways but in other ways it's similar is the familiarity factor so if you're an organization and you're looking to have a broadcast on your event uh, a lot of times there is a safe choice you can uh, get one of the established casters that you know how good are that you know exactly how work on camera and that you know their fee is absolutely going to be higher than that of a tier two or tier three caster but you know exactly what you're going to get or you can try to give someone their big break and they will obviously be cheaper to get because it's their, you know, they don't have as much leverage, they're newer in the scene, uh, but you run the risk of them perhaps doing a poorer job and it will reflect on your tournament poorly. Um, so if you think about that first off, um, that is obviously a decision that the organizers need to make. Like, which route do we want to take? Do we want to try to be the ones that bring new guys on or give people a chance and save some money there? Or do we have the bank to hire the top tier talent? And if you to be do, fair, not to interject, yep. just a quick mm-hmm. little thing. I'm going to be devil's advocate from time to time. To be clear, it, there are enough events to have both, to have everything yes. in between, right? Okay, absolutely. And obviously, from from the organizer standpoint, they can choose not to care about burnout for the talent. I mean, in the end, it's their responsibility to not take too many jobs and right. uh, run out of steam. Uh, but if if they are fine and don't have a problem with it, obviously the organizers want the best product for cost. It's just business. That's how it works. Um, so if you're a tier two or tier three talent, I would say luck is definitely a big factor. Someone like Odie Pixel, who is now at the top of the food chain, kind of got lucky. He got an amazing game with Purge that got loads of viewership, and he jumped all over that opportunity and made a, a very memorable experience that gave him his first gig. Um you can, as sad as it is, you can kind of grind for a very long time and be really good. But if you don't get discovered, you don't necessarily get the opportunities that you're looking for. It's similar in the music industry. You can be a really good band, but do you get that chance? Uh, and obviously, in comparison to if you want to draw that parallel to music, well, our, how to say, our field is a lot smaller. Um, so a lot of the jobs are kind of taken in a sense. And therefore, you need to separate yourself from the pack by having something that's unique about you or, um, you know, there can be different benefits. Something we didn't talk about yet is also location, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The land that we just had, ESL1 Mumbai, they brought two Australian commentators. I don't think that was a coincidence. Actually, they brought three, uh, but I believe Toby does live in England. So I guess he's, we can disregard him. But the other two, they they brought Basekip. And they brought Danog. I believe they're both Australians, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Basekip has cast events before and has proved himself. But for Danog, I think this was his first event. And I think people were really satisfied with his work. So obviously, that was amazing that he got that opportunity. But would he have got that opportunity if it was a tournament in Germany? I don't think they would have invited him. Then, because I've been telling Basekip to move you know, already. Like, holy shit. I've talked <laughs> him three years. You need to move, dude. You are good enough to be in he a is lot good. of these tournaments. You just need to move. I really like him. He's I like Basekip there. a lot. Yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, did we did we cover the questions? I'm not sure if I covered everything. I mean, Hard it, work and determination yeah. is necessary. Like, obviously, at some point, your brand becomes powerful enough that you might not need to grind as much as everybody else. Uh, from my own perspective, I have been, you know, getting tournament invites here and there, even though I'm not very active in the casting scene, just because I have I've done so much, and people know me and they know what I'm all about and what product they're gonna get. Uh, but if you're a new guy, you have to work, and you have to work a lot either to get noticed or to stabilize yourself and get a you know a good product for yourself. Uh, then about connections, it obviously matters. It matters in everything, right? If you know someone who knows someone or if you know someone, uh, it increases your chance of, of getting something. Um, so yeah, of course, does 
that mean you get invited to events even though there are casters a lot better than you? Uh, first of all, that's subjective. Like people think different things are good. Some people think I'm bad. Some people think I'm good. Some people think I'm okay. Uh, it really depends what you're well, looking that, for in commentary. That's a huge part of it because I think um, self-evaluating is the hardest thing to do. And I think a lot of people, especially when you're young, you don't do it at all. I think this is more of a thing. Once you get older, you start start looking introspectively in a lot of ways, yeah. looking at yourself, trying to improve yourself. And that might not come naturally to a lot of people when they're younger. There's definitely some luck involved. And like you talked about, you want to be as unique as possible. You brought up OD. It's actually an interesting yeah. example because he's mechanically skilled that he would have eventually gotten there. <clears throat> but that one game really helped catapult him. But not just that, but he did weird stuff like using soundboards if you guys yes. remember, in actual casts, which was yeah. super unique and just super out there. And that's just to catch somebody's attention. Once you're known, you can do whatever you want, obviously. Right? So that all those things play a huge part uh, yep. collectively. And I guess the final question we didn't answer or cover at all was, does Dota skills have to do with it, uh, like being a top-ranked player? From the analyst perspective, it definitely makes a difference because people can tell. Even if you're not very good at the game, you can tell that other people know what they're talking about. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be a very top-tier player, but if you're on the analyst desk, you need to... There's like two types of analysts. There's the ones that really know about the game, and there are the ones that add to the atmosphere of the desk. For example, without stepping on anyone's toes, Pyrion is not a god at the game, uh, but he's great to have on a panel because he's fun. He is very good at having conversations and just making it entertaining. I love being on panel with Pyrion, but I am not going to turn to him for his expert opinion on this draft, generally. Uh, but, but that doesn't mean you don't That's what makes contribute. it funny, even if he did do that. Yes. Yeah, even <clears throat> if you do that, sure. Uh, and that's something I think, that's always something that causes discussions on uh, different forums, is that, like, if, what content do you want? Because some people just want the analyst desk to be literally four pros and a host, and they just talk about every pick of the draft and just mine that draft. And others think that's like really boring and bland. Let's get some flavor, you know. And um, in my personal opinion, I think it's really good to have a mix. I think it's good that you can talk the details, but you also need to have fun. Like it's entertainment at the end of the day. And most people are casuals that don't really care necessarily why this exact pick was absolutely perfect here, but also, you know, just want to have a good time. And I think people forget that sometimes that it's about having fun uh, also. Um, so do, do skills matter? Yes, they matter because you need to have some level of skill, whether you're also as a play-by-play -play caster, people can tell if you don't know the game, like if you call things by the wrong names or if you talk about spells working differently than they do or if you can't analyze the situation at all while you're casting it um it's going to show if you're not if there's like an amazing black hole and you're talking about something else in the moment right like you obviously aren't in tune with the game um that doesn't happen but that was to make an extreme example so yeah. that is extreme i've probably done that one time or two actually black that's pretty extreme that's the only thing you're looking at yeah. is the black hole of course yeah. it takes all the attention all right so the follow-up question from our board caffeinated savage is do you think building a name other than being a caster like a streamer podcaster player team owner manager stats man and becoming famous at it and he gives a bunch of examples is a better path to become talent in tier one events i think it just depends right like the stat if you go to the stats guys nahaz and trent packs are the two big ones that jump out to me as the stats guys that eventually... But the thing is, they also have a personality. I mean it in the literal sense, right? They're mm -hmm. fun to listen to. They're fun to watch on camera. If you, if you combine that with their stats knowledge, then it becomes a perfect package. 
problem is you don't always have that to put together. If it's just stats, yeah. like I'll bring up TI, I think it was TI7, I want to say, or it was the most fucking horrendous panels of all time. Like, kill me. <laughs> Watching those games, I'm like, how? All right, I'm not actually going to get into it. But I was very upset. The worst panels of all time is because it's all pro players. And on paper, like, oh, okay, all pro players, they, they know what they're talking about. They're going to bring a lot of insight. That makes a lot of sense, right? Definitely want to get as much knowledge out to the, the viewer base as possible. But the problem is you're not packaging that with any kind of personality necessary. Like people that come to mind just off the top of my head that are really good at combining those are you, Kyle, um, and nobody else. Can, I, I'm missing somebody. Uh, PPD is a great one, for example, yeah. somebody that's really good on camera. Uh, but the problem with that, and I don't think people understand this, those are like one in a thousand people. That's just a random number I'm throwing out there. Because the other 999 random. are atrocious on camera, like super cringy. They don't know how to talk to human beings. That's just because being a pro player, you're just sucked into this different world you're used to talking to your peers, used to talking different language, perhaps. It just doesn't translate to camera. So I think it's it a just... different. It's a different skill entirely. Like there's no, it's pretty simple, right? Being a good player doesn't make you good talent and being good talent doesn't make you a good player. Because um, it's, it's two different things and some people can master or do very well at both and others can't. And that's just how it is. There are plenty of pro players that are really, really good at the game, but just wouldn't work very well in a talent setting. Um, you can compensate for people's weaknesses by, you know, again, to give an example, you could have someone like Pyrion on the panel with some very dry analysts, and it would probably liven up the mood a little bit. Um, but, you know, if you put a panel of strictly pros, or strictly, like, again, you, what if you had a panel with four Pyrions? Would that be good? Like, I don't think so either, because then it would right. all be... You know, it it depends what you're going for. Um, that would not be very analytical, but it would probably be funny. But, you know, you want to try to make it a balance. And that balance can be difficult to strike, and people have made mistakes before and learned from them. Um, but I still find it funny when you see, you know, when I read about these events, when people like Pyrian get on the panel and some of the communities shaft them because, oh, they're not experts. Like, everybody has opinions, and there's different things for everybody. And obviously, they're there for a reason. Or you just assume that every organizer is an idiot. Like, that's the other option. Like, right. how have they still not understood what I want? Uh, you're not the only viewer. So Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, okay, so the question was, actually, if we think that being a streamer, podcaster, player, whatever, can be a path to becoming talent, I would say yes. Yep. Because um, if you have a good stream persona and you're, a, you know, you can be... It's obviously a gateway where people can imagine how you're going to work in a broadcast setting. So if you have, uh, I think a guy like Lizard is a great example. He was very energetic, funny on his stream, very lively. Uh, but at the same time, when things were serious, he could give a good breakdown. That's the kind of person that's interesting to at least give a chance. And then you can see how it goes. And I think Lizard has been doing a good job. I think a lot of people like him. Uh, a lot of people really favor him, think he's one of the best. And yeah, that's absolutely a possibility to get in through that. At the end, the most important thing is to get discovered, right? That's what we kind of started out with. And that is one way of getting discovered is obviously to get in through another avenue, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah. that's one one other thing to talk about just briefly is the fact that esports is the least. Well, what's the right term for it? Like typically, if you're if you're trying to become 
an agent, let's say, in Hollywood or just some other job that's has an established industry, the avenues are much clearer to get where you need to get for the most part. Esports is just all over the place. You can get yeah. to be a tier one talent in pretty much any position if you just do it the right way. You just have to be... I mean, there is luck involved, don't get me wrong, but you have to put yourself in position to get lucky, if that makes sense. Yep. And yeah. And again, self-evaluation, I think, is the biggest thing because some people just, they just don't got it. They just don't have it at all. And nobody... And that's the crazy thing about thinking about this. Like, if I think back when I was starting, if I didn't have people that were actually honest with me, with my shitty casting back in the day, I would never have improved because you know why? I can't stand listening to myself. I've never watched. It's hard. Right? I rarely watch myself like do my old VODs. I need honest opinions. I don't want people to cater to me and say, oh, you're doing great. Like the old mother response, like mothering you in some way, right? It's just be legit oh, with man. me. Right? Be when legit. I randomly hear an old cast of mine, like a snippet from it or whatever. Actually, this is a kind of funny story. We were going through my old files in my computer. So whenever I transfer a computer, I just have these like folders that I always take with me. So I found stuff. Oh, I know those kind computer. of folders. Yeah. I, I found stuff on my computer that I think was 12 years old or something. Or Ooh. And one of them was my first test recording for casting, I think, or something like that. Holy shit. It was terrible to listen to. I couldn't. My girlfriend was just taking the headphones on, laughing her ass off, and I couldn't <laughs> stand it. Like, I, I needed to switch it off. Like, when I go back and listen to stuff casting, even I did from TI2, you know, like, I, people said I was a really good caster. I can't. I, I feel like I, I feel like it's bad, you know? Uh, well, the, which I, I guess it shows development, right? Like, yes. you, you, you change your style, you change your voice, you change whatever it is. Uh, over time and it just doesn't sound very good to me anymore to be honest um, if i listen to my old spotlights yeah. it's the same thing like i actually didn't know how to talk into a freaking microphone how pathetic can you be if you can't talk into a microphone <laughs> that's what i was I mean, doing for the first few months of dota cinema at the very least it was bad you learn uh, you but do. i do want to say though as like my final comment on this i guess this self-reflection thing i think is a super important skill to have in life like whatever, whatever you do, if it's a competitive field like Dota or casting or whatever, uh, just being able to be critical about yourself, I think is a skill that people don't use enough in general in life. Like try to think of things from a different perspective. Try to think of, you know, think about what people think of you and what you think of you when you actually, you know, put in a little bit of effort. Am I doing things the right way? Could I approach this from a different angle? Could I ask for help? Like, can other people raise me to a different level on whatever it is? You know, people can very easily get kind of stuck in their own little circle of what they're doing and not getting alternative perspectives and input can be super useful, whatever you yeah. do. So I wish people were better at just reflecting on themselves and not being in their own little echo chamber. But there's, be there's also a balance, really I would say, from personal experience, like the whole self-reflection thing I've been doing for a long time now. And I feel like... I try to be as honest with myself as I can, but I'm self-deprecating by nature. So mm -hmm. I'm usually a little too negative and that can help me lose confidence in certain areas. So there needs to be... But again, that's where talking to other people, they can right. make you feel better because they're going to be like, they you're being you, way too then, hard on yourself. I mean, yeah, you're gonna be, okay. you know, then you're an asshole. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have some issues, yeah. That, I mean, that then you need some serious self-reflection. Everybody <laughs> hates me. I'm sure they're the problem. I've been there before. <laughs> it is everybody else. What are you talking about? Okay. Uh, moving on to the drama of the week, Cinderin. Uh, yeah, team Team go. just kicked Gunner and Newsham 
from the team. Yes. News ham. People have been kind of very ragey against uh, Eternal Envy in, in particular, and we'll get to this in a minute. Absolutely. I just want to talk about my conversation with Brax just to give you their side of this. I mean, I, I shouldn't say their. There's, there's many sides. It's not black and white. Uh, yeah. He did give me permission to talk about this, by the way, so I'm not Hopefully. betraying his confidence. Unless there or was he somebody will be else. Kicked next. <laughs> it's his team. He's going to kick himself. <laughs> what are you talking about? So the team originally uh, kicked them before the event at some point, but then changed their mind for whatever reason. Tried to give it another go. Uh, so they obviously chose to do it after this event, the poor showing. Um, he says that Gunner and Envy cannot exist with each other. And then he went it on to sounds say, like some serious <laughs> anime stuff. He went on to say that the situation really sucks and that it's obviously a selfish move to you know do that. But if you're not trying to win tournaments, then what's the point? Which really hit home to me because if I go back super far back when I was a professional player at Counter-Strike, I always had this. I, I don't know if you've had this issue. I think you, maybe you have. You're too loyal sometimes to friends when you should just look at it more as like a psychopath. And just take the opportunity. Like I had plenty of opportunities to play with the, the best players in the world at the time, but I chose not to because I wanted to make something work with my friends. You know mm. what I mean? And looking Which back team on was that, it you could get to play with back then. So this is like super far. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of any of these teams. Is the problem? But for people that are old like me, um, there was a team called CK3, which was the precursor to Team 3D. Have you heard of them? 3D, I've heard of. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Like I would anyway, I don't need to get into my history, but had opportunities to associate myself with a lot of these really good players, but didn't do so. And looking back on it, it's like a huge regret, you know, a huge regret. Mm. So I can see that perspective as well. What is your uh what are your thoughts on on that situation? On this? Just on yes, loyalty not my in general. Just not on... loyalty in general or this oh. situation itself? Either, both. Or both. Okay. Um so first of all, there's a little bit more detail to this as far as I've heard that uh, they basically agreed that they were going to play with them until after the major. Um, and then after things didn't go the way they were hoping in Mumbai, they changed their mind. So they basically gave an empty promise to the other two players. And that's probably the one I the thing that seems hardest to swallow is you make this kind of you make this agreement, you talk about it together. You're like, we know we have problems. But we're going to stick it through until after the major that we qualified for, which was a huge achievement for them, in my opinion. And then at the next sign of uh, of issues, you change your minds. And you have two players whose family have booked flights and hotels to go to this event. And then 10 days before, you are allowed to kick them. Um, and I honestly think it's a flaw in the system uh, because players are always going to act in their own best interests, right? Like some people are very selfish. Some people are uh, very loyal. Um and you you don't know exactly what you're going to get, you know, until you truly know a person very well, you don't know what kind of person they are. You can look at someone and they're be like, yeah, they're really good at Dota, but you don't know the person behind until you've played with them. Um, and I think the problem here is that the system allows for this kind of short, like so close to a tournament termination is really bad. I don't have a problem with the fact that you can swap players out because last year the, you know, people were the roster lock, there were discussions, <laughs> is it good, is it bad? Uh, the way it works. I think the system now that you are allowed to swap out players at a penalty for DPC points is fair, and I think it's fine because teams will naturally want to shuffle. But the issue is that you can kick players shortly before events. And 
are the players at fault here? If they're acting in their own interest, you can understand their perspective. If they're like, we're not going to do anything at this tournament. Our team is dysfunctional. We need new players. But you can protect the players that actually qualified by making a rule set in that DPC system that says you cannot replace players while they are actively qualified for an upcoming DPC event. That would mm -hmm. fix this issue. Because right. then when the major is over and they have played there, you can be like, okay, you know, this was the tournament you earned. We played it together. We want to make changes. People are not going to feel nearly as screwed over and they're going to feel like they got what they earned, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this way it's just shitty. And I'm not going to take sides here, but what I do want to at least put out there with this is Envy is a very polarizing player. I'm sure everybody more or less will agree with that. Like people, he's kind of a love it or hate it kind of guy a lot. So he gets people talking and people are very, very vocal and very invested into whatever happens with Envy. So if it's an Envy team and something goes wrong, people will immediately start trashing Envy. Mm -hmm. We have to remember this is not Envy's choice. It's a team effort or team decision. If Envy wanted to kick someone and the others don't, it's not happening. Like he's not the dictator of the team. It's just like, hey guys, I just joined your team. I don't like Nushim. Let's find someone else. <laughs> they're just like, okay, Envy, we'll do your bidding, master. That's not how it works. So um, obviously, yeah, but seeds, seeds the thing I disagree planted. with the most. Seeds can definitely be planted early on, though, if you have that type of personality. Of course. And I'm not saying that Envy isn't maybe even the primary uh, motor behind this. That is entirely possible, but it's speculation. But the problem about this right now for me is that he's getting like assassinated, basically. His mm. character assassination almost. He's getting all the shit just because he's Envy. And we don't know how big a role he plays. He plays one for sure, mm. but... You know, like look at look at what's actually going on instead of just destroying this right, one to guy. Play, to play a little so. devil's advocate, the reason people are jumping all over him is because he has a pattern. He has a lot of baggage. Absolutely. I would compare yes. him now, I don't want to compare skill wise. I don't think he's the best player ever. But LeBron you've heard of LeBron James from the NBA? Center? Yeah. By name. I don't so know much he, about him, but I know. he has a history of going to a team. And then he's he's called Le, instead of LeBron, it's Le GM. He becomes the general manager. So he, <laughs> okay. the coaches always get fired. This is not a, like always get fired. Uh, I guess there's one exception, but mostly get fired. And mm -hmm. players are completely built around him. He gets to essentially chooses who he wants his teammates to be. That feels to me a lot like what Eternal Envy's history uh, kind of from an outside perspective looks like. Would you agree with that? I mean, I... I would agree with that, and it's obvious what it, what it looks like. And I'm not saying he's free of guilt. I'm just saying, or guilt, again, what perspective do you have? Was it fair? Was it a good move or not? Like, that's, a, I guess, a different talk if they should do it or not. That's very hard to answer when you don't know the dynamics of the team, right. what works, what doesn't. Uh, but sure, there is definitely a pattern. But still, if you're that kind of player that wants change, it's always the team's choice if it's worth it. They could be like, no envy, we don't want to kick this guy because we made this team together and we believe in these players, take it or leave it. Uh, maybe he has a very good way of influencing people to make things his way. Maybe he's very good at expressing or talking about it, um, or creating a vision or rallying people behind him so that he comes into a team without being the leader and then kind of becomes it. Uh, so people really listen to and trust him. I don't know about this. This could be the case, but like, regardless, you know, it's not... It's not just one guy that decides mm -hmm. everything. So, sure, there is a clear pattern. But you also, I guess it's also fair to say that you should remember that in the last many teams that this kind of thing has happened, it is a very volatile region to begin with. It's kind oh, of yeah. a product of NA, where the NA teams in general 
that aren't the top tier teams have been shuffling like crazy. And if there, you're a part of that, obviously you're going to look like part of the problem, right? But NA Dota is basically a completely low budget version of Game of Thrones. That's what it feels like. <laughs> like super well, nobody's shitty died quality. Yet. I mean, in a way they have, right? Many careers have been killed. Um, anywho, uh, I do want to talk yeah. about Kyle's response. I don't know if you caught this one. Uh, on stream yesterday, I was, it's not very easy to take me aback when I'm watching something like this, but I was taken mm -hmm. aback. So his response to essentially the drama that we've been referring to, and I will quote this exactly. <clears throat> this is in reference to Eternal Envy, of course. Yeah. Quote, the hero of a story, they demonstrate qualities like loyalty, honor, and faith in their friends. And I think it's about time that a lot of you at home stop rooting for the villain. I want to get your thoughts, but before I do, okay, whether you agree with this or not, I fucking mm -hmm. love this. I mm -hmm. love storylines like this. You know, get it's a little bit personal, sure. You're putting somebody on blast, sure. I feel like, and this coming from me is kind of fresh, but I feel like people kind of hold back too much on stream mm -hmm. like as a personality you have to be very like got to tiptoe over everything you got to make sure you say the right thing this is a breath of fresh air for me personally i yeah. love it i think there is um there's something very cultural about this to be honest um i think there's a big difference in how for example uh americans do uh broadcasts or do storytelling compared to in denmark for example and probably in sea so when you do when you make statements like this and present it in this way some people are going to love it and others are going to feel like wow you really crossed the line we don't do this right mm -hmm. uh, like how personal can you get when it's entertainment um how how much respect should you pay to the individual person and their like history and what they've done and what they are doing compared to you know just the the gravity of the statement that you're making um i think the kind of statement like this this is I could be totally wrong on this, and it might just be bias. Um, but when I f watch American productions and TV in general, um, a lot of the time for me it feels too much. And I think it's because the Danish, like our way of doing television and whatnot, isn't as you know. America is all about making it extra dramatic and extra big because aggressive you know, versus passive. I suppose, yeah, that's that's one way of saying it. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean that I don't think we can have flavor. I think it's good to have flavor. And I think it's boring if everybody, you know, just says the same. Yeah, they're all playing great. They're doing a good job. I think it's mm -hmm. fine to call a spade a spade. But again, given the situation, you need to remember this is a team decision. And basically what Kyle is saying here is, hey, community, fuck Envy. And let's forget that the other two players had anything to do with it. Because in his statement, he didn't even mention the other two. He didn't right. mention Brax. He didn't mention Ike's Mike. I feel like nobody has talked about Ike's Mike in all of this. Like, <laughs> he's the captain of the team, right? Like, how is the captain of the team not getting any responsibility in this issue? Like, it's it's kind of weird um, to see it to see it go this way. But again, it's because of Envy's character. He's polarizing. He's very known. And if you make statements like this, obviously, um, things are gonna it's gonna get people talking. Whether Kyle, I I believe when it comes to Kyle and he makes statements like this, he really thinks what he says. Like he's yes. not just saying it to stir up shit or One of the uh, few to people. get attention. Oh yeah, he's he's very he's like very honest. 
uh, sometimes brutally honest, and that rubs some people the right way and some people the wrong way. Uh, and like I said, for you, this is awesome for sure. I can totally see why some people think this is not cool. Again, not necessarily because he's being blunt, because I think it's fine to call a spade a spade. I have no problem when there's like when you're talking about games afterwards and you're like, this player really underperformed here or just didn't live up to the standards that we're used to seeing from them. Like, if you have a bad game, that's a real thing. You know, you can talk about it. But right. again, this whole situation is basically being bundled onto one guy. And the whole storyline around it right now is fuck Envy or go Envy, you know? Yeah. And that's no, why think... people were saying character assassination, which, yeah. you know, I can see it. Um, he, he's already, you know, a very polarizing I'm character. To, I'm trying so... to, like, put this... If this quote was for somebody else, anybody else, really, I don't know if it'll have the same oomph to it. You know, I think... Based on the history of Envy and the fact that, like you yeah. said, he's extremely polarizing. Like, just the first thing that pops in my head is the the monster on the head. Like, any it's always something ridiculous with Envy, right? That's why people love him or hate him. And I think that's yes. why this has blown up so much is because it's about him specifically. So, oh, for sure, very interesting. There's no doubt about it. If if this was the same team, like just picture this: the same team, but Envy was just another NA guy that people aren't right. you know as invested in let's say for example let's say it was sammy boy just to give an example instead of envy that played for that team and they did the exact same thing they placed the same they qualified for the same event and they kicked these two players i think i don't even know what magnitude we should like downgrade it to uh, or buy with how big of a deal this would have been but it wouldn't even have come close yeah and the thing that's really interesting about that is that it shows the value of having personality that if we tie this back to when we talked about talent and panels and stuff, like it's really good for a game if people care. Because when people care, they interact, they consume, and they bring other people aboard. That's why it's good to have people like this. I'm sure it's great for the scene to have a guy like Envy. It's a lot of baggage for him to have to deal with all this shit as well. But, you know, he's kind of also mm -hmm. put himself in the situation, so to say. So, you know, you're kind of you're responsible yourself to an extent. But it is really good for the game uh, to have this kind of talk or to have these kind of people that that pull an audience. Oh, it's similar sure. with Navi, right? Navi and Alliance. Navi and Alliance have this heritage. Their teams right now are not nearly tier one, but they draw a crazy viewership because, you know, it's just people want to see them fail or want to see them succeed. Well, Either I, way, the way, you're watching their games. It, whether you, know? you like so. Envy or hate them. Whether you love him or hate him, he's still him, watching his game. He well, sure, he's great for the game of Dota. There's, I don't think there's any denying that he is great for the game of Dota, uh, yeah. which you have to respect one way or the other, right? Absolutely. Um, which kind of reminds me, when I <laughs> when I owned a team, I <laughs> maybe this will be a future segment. I don't know if I even want to do this. I I had a I don't know if I ever told you I had an unsponsorable list. Did I ever tell you about that? No, of, you didn't. Oh, maybe. I had a ranking list. I'm it was sure. only three people long of people I would under no circumstance ever let on my team. <laughs> and I think that might be going too far to actually do this publicly. So although okay. I nothing's stopping me technically. But Kyle I do speaking of Kyle, thank you for the segue. I have a quick story about him because this is actually perfect timing since he uh has that very quotable quote. He's a very quotable guy. Uh take you back, Cinderin, to NASL. Heroes of New Earth days, okay? Okay, I've uh, never just, played or watched the game, really, so I know okay. very it's, little. It's just essentially, this is when Ice Frog was still working on it, I think. Uh, uh -huh. It's essentially just Dota, right? Before Dota yeah. 2 came out. Um, so NASL was this company that we 
me and a friend named Zeno would go and cast some games for. Like physically, we would go to the offices and they did things in a weird way, especially when you look at it now because things have changed so much with streaming and whatnot. They would have the games played and we would cast them live, but it would not be streaming live anywhere. They would take that recording and they would put a bunch of high production value to it, which would take like a week and the games would be mm -hmm. released a week later for general consumption. Okay. So, okay. At the offices, I'm casting with, uh, I've already done my casting. We're just doing other games at that point. Uh, so like players had to sign NDAs, for example, not to reveal that they won, which is, if you yeah. think about it now, it's very strange. But anyway, yes. Zeno and I would be casting these games and we'd watch the stream later and look at the comment, like, or the, the Twitch chat or whatever it was at, at that point. We'd have like 500 viewers or a thousand viewers or whatever. And there was always this name that pops up swindle melons which is kyle we didn't know each other at the yeah. time and every single time he would go on there and completely blast he's like these fucking i'm gonna tone this down a bit by the way these fucking <laughs> casters are pieces of shit they have no idea what they're he's playing in this game that we're casting by the way he's a professional yeah. han player and he's like just bl these guys are so stupid and of course like a lot of the comments that he's making are technically correct like he's saying we're comparing <laughs> this here to this here and we're incorrect like okay sure you know, he's, but he's putting it very aggressive, like, these guys these guys should be fired, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, holy crap, this Swindle Melons is, like, super aggressive. Why does he hate us so much? But the funny part is they would rebroadcast that same thing, like, 12 hours later, right? And it would get, like, mm -hmm. no viewership. So we go on later, and there's, like, 15 viewers. And we look at the chat, and he is watching the same game making basically the same comments about us being <laughs> fucking horrible at casting. Like, dude. Then oh, this is why God. I love Swindle Mounds, a.k.a. Kyle. He is, whether you love or hate him, he's at least honest with you. And I don't know. I always find that that first interaction I ever had with him, which was a one-way interaction in a lot of ways, uh, very humorous. So Jesus. that's my Kyle story. Anywho, <clears throat> we are getting up there in time, Cinderin. I don't know what I want to skip today and, and uh, move on to another time. I mean, we could think? skip Artifact, then we would save 30 seconds there. Um, <laughs> I, I would probably spend a good 5-10 minutes on Artifact. So let's, okay. let, let's save Artifact for the next episode. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about some auto chess. Have you played? I have. Uh, not for the last, I think, month or month and a half, maybe. There's no way of seeing that, I guess. In, well, I could dig through my game history, which would take forever. But I played it a decent amount. Do you like it? That much. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, I guess for me, maybe the novelty wears off a little bit at that mm -hmm. game because it still is very random. I'm sure that's something we're going to be talking about. Because um, you have some talking points here I can see that you want to talk about, so... I think you yeah. play it more than me, so we should I've been playing a lot. beat this one. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm great. I cast a tournament recently, and I thought that was a lot of fun, despite it being a challenge. We, it's like the most ghetto casting experience ever, where we're just casting off of other people's streams. Wait, that was with like, Zeno, right? Yeah, Zeno and Trent and yeah. Zayori. Uh, Zeno casting, that's like five years ago. I know, least. that's very old school. It was, it was nice. Um, he's actually good at the game, unlike me. But oh. there are... What do you think about the potential of the game, though, before we get into some of the issues, maybe? 
you think it has um, potential to grow? Like it was obviously a huge explosion, right? Especially with Artifact not mm-hmm. doing so great. It's died down a bit, but it's still very popular. Do you think it numbers, can grow yeah. into like an esport and a legitimate one? Uh, I or guess it can. Novel like, thing? I think it can, um, but I do think it depends, right? Because if you want it to be a good viewership, th- this is one of the discussions that you always have with card games, right? Like Hearthstone or even Artifact when when people were talking about it was how big is the element of skill and how big is the element of luck? Like, do you want a game where it's a lot based on luck or little? Uh, and I think that's something Dota, for example, has done a really good job at is including those lucky moments that are make for amazing moments, you know, very memorable things like critical strikes or... Uh, dodges or uphill misses or whatever but they don't like seem like they decide entire games right. uh, at least not very often and then you even play best of three or best of five whereas in a game like auto chess i feel like the luck is pretty serious i i can i'm not the best player at this game you know i i've considered myself decent not right now because i don't know what the meta is or anything but i can go up against a guy who is clearly better than me has played it a lot more than me and I can still win on just getting flat out getting lucky with which units are presented to me, which items drop especially is ridiculous to me, the way item drops work. I don't know if they've changed it since. <laughs> oh, I think they um, made it worse, actually. We'll get to that in a second. That's the, oh my god. Um, but from a spectator point of view, that's probably super fun to watch. And I remember there were these discussions in the Hearthstone community. They were like getting frustrated as pro players because they were like, we want to win because we're better, not because we're more lucky. And the, the viewers fucking loved when people played Dr. Boom. Like, yeah, let's go, Dr. Boom. Let's see what happens. And, oh, you got unlucky. That's so that unfortunate. See worst. you next year at oh, BlizzCon. Yeah. Um, and I, I seem to remember this story that I was told, because at, at, at some points I played a good amount of Hearthstone. Um, and a guy I talked to was like, uh, yeah, so a guy I know who was playing at this Blizzard event, he came up to the developers after, and he was like, man, it's, it's like... It really sucks how much of this is down to luck. And I think their response to him was just better luck next time. You know, after he got knocked out, like better luck next time. And I think it's inherently, I inherently am not a fan of game design for competitive games where you don't consistently have teams that are just, or players that are just, you know, clearly better. I think it's good that people are better than others and win because they're better. Uh, And that's very clear in Dota, right? Like if you, if you would consider Dota a luck game, well, you can look at the, tournament standings from the last year and convince yourself okay this game is not about luck there's a clear element of skill if you look at hearthstone or uh, other card games generally there will be so much variety in who places top eight there can be amazing players that bomb out in top 32 because they just have bad luck in the series or a game mm-hmm. and i personally think that sucks um that was one of the things i liked about gwent i don't know if you've played this ever um, i have not i did play I played Gwent a decent amount. It definitely had RNG with card draws and everything. Of course, it's a card game, but it felt a lot more like you were in control and you were making educated decisions. However, the game got a bit bland because it was kind of, you know, it was a bit figured out. It was almost like you followed a script uh, in that game. Like you knew it was oh, That just too... sounds like a stale meta then, right? Exactly. It was like on the opposite end of the scale where the, the RNG didn't play as big of a role, but there also wasn't that many exciting moments because you kind of knew what was going to happen every so now game. I wanna... Some decks just countered others. Now I want to ask you about so... Artifact. <laughs> Did you feel that way about Artifact? Because I felt uh... like it was not... Like I think the pe- people were focused on it being so RNG-based. I think they're mostly incorrect, actually. I think it was a, more of a skill game for sure than a game like Hearthstone in my Versus book. Versus other card games, um... yes. Yes. yes, but I do think certain elements of RNG were way too impactful for what they should Arrows. be. I thought, 
I thought arrows were a bad design. That was my opinion. Um, especially the way they work. Not just that they're, they're random, but the way that they can like turn in different a- angles and there's different chances of that happening and it has mm-hmm. a huge impact on rounds uh, with how the board is designed and laid out. I, I didn't like that part of the design very much and I feel like you could have gone around that some way without making it RNG. Like Maybe making more cards that affect, like keep the arrow mechanic, but not let it be cards that are drawn. But maybe imagine the players, for example, in their deck, everybody gets to put five arrow cards and you can draw those and use them strategically uh play them in a round and maybe have arrow cards not you know keep initiative for example so you have arrow card you can this turn you place a left arrow and you keep initiative Mm -hmm. something like that because i think the idea of redirecting targets is actually cool and i love taunt cards i loved uh, i played a lot of red and i really liked the what was it called where you pick the target uh, the one cost card that makes you choose target new orders yes uh, I thought those cards were great and funny uh, and added to the gameplay. So mm-hmm. the idea itself of having these arrows is not bad or it being able to redirect. It just, that RNG element, I really didn't like very much. Uh, for a similar right, well, reason, we'll, since we'll I mentioned Dr. Artifact. Boom. artifact. Artifact will be yeah. in the future episode. True. Yes. Never mind. Let's let's keep it. You're good. But good job. Going, good job, Going, back to, going back to auto chess, my friend. Yes. I have some, uh, I can talk other to, RNG. I'd like to complain about some things. <laughs> I'm okay. a big complainer, as you know. Uh, I have a theory actually, and I don't know oh, yeah? how to connect the dots uh, precisely. But well, first and foremost, let's talk about how the developers of Auto Chess sold out to yeah. a Chinese mobile, which I was shocked by that. I guess maybe, I don't know if shocked is right. But I thought for sure Valve was going to work with them in some way. Like that just there made, was some rumors that it was happening. Yeah, I mean that at least it just makes sense, right? So yeah. they sold out, but they're still going to continue to work on... It sounds like they're not even helping with the mobile at all. They're just letting them copy them, essentially. Oh, so they're giving them the IP and then... Right, something well, to that selling effect. selling them the IP. Uh-huh. I would assume as much. So they're going to yeah. continue with the, the, the Dota mod. Now, the thing about the Dota uh-huh. mod that makes it almost unbearable to play at times is joining a game for a normal person. Like if you join like yes. IHL or something like that, it's a lot different because it's more organized and whatnot. It's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But the process you know, of Can actually... I cut you off for a second here? Yes. You know what this really reminds me of just instantly? Huh. Playing Warcraft in Do- yes. playing Dota oh, Dota miserable. One in Warcraft Three. Yeah, it was like was literally the same. People joining without having the map, having to download it. Then they got <laughs> kicked. People leaving the moment the heroes were picked. People failing to load, which took there were times in Dota that it took two minutes to load the map, even with a good computer. There were some really unoptimized patches. What do you mean back then? Were... It takes three minutes for people to load this map. All right, let me let me yeah. continue with this rant, and then you can. <laughs> All right, now you're making me angry, Cinder. All right, so nice. There's a bug that's been in the game for. I like I... when you're angry. Oh, that's that's hot. Uh, when I was working on my mod for it's called Chip, we encountered yeah. a lot of bugs in mods that just have never been fixed, right? So one of them is if some like updating a mod, it got a little bit better since then. But like, let's say your game updates the mod and somebody's does not, which happens a lot. It's a, it's not mm-hmm. like it just automatically updates. You try to join a lobby, they will fail. Uh, this random, I don't know if you ever encountered this bug, you try to join a game and it puts 10 people instead of 8 into a lobby and you're just stuck in this uh, queue. Yeah, it's I don't just know. Horrific. I feel like that got fixed, right? Or it, is this that happened still to me happening? yesterday. It's still happening. Oh, people okay. failing when they get into the lobby it's, or when they're actually trying to load and then those people that failed are put into the queue again 
It's like this endless <laughs> loop of god awfulness, okay? And then you have the yeah, people that take forever to like. There's a lot of people in the land cafes. You can tell because their names are just numbers. I thought there were bots at first that just failed on purpose. That was actually my theory that there were bots put in there to fail on purpose. But it turns out these are people in land cafes. But the computers are so bad that half the time they don't even load the game. Now the thing with this that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, I have a theory, Cinderin. I want you to tell me if you think it's yeah. real. Okay. So the fact that there's all these bugs and I'm not a programmer, I have to think these are not difficult for Valve to fix. It does not sound like this would be a difficult Wait, thing to which fix. Which bugs in particular? All are we of these. About right now? Like all the of these. ten okay. the ten person like just joining a game. Like I gotcha. feel like that yeah. is not difficult for Valve to fix. Especially uh -huh. when you take into consideration that this game exploded like your user base has whatever the number is it's gone up dramatically you would think yeah. valve would fix this but remember what we first talked about cinderin that valve yeah. or that uh drodo studios went with a chinese mobile game they sold out so they're not working with valve does that mean valve's doing something on their own that's the only thing i can think of that the reason not to fix these annoying issues that they're just doing their own thing. I mean, I can't say if you're right or wrong. It's just speculation. I'm not going to... I don't know. I, honestly, I have Does no idea. Does it make sense, though? <clears throat> but it Does is it... a bit... Honestly, the thing that's a bit... I wouldn't say mind-blowing, but a bit surprising is that they weren't uh, working with the Chinese uh, company, whichever one it is, from the beginning. Right. As far as I know, when the game got successful in Dota, that's when it got publicity and when people started showing interest, including Valve, from what I know. So at that time they could have probably fixed these issues. I don't know. It, it, In a way, it's like you have this company that there are not that many people working on the game or working on these specific aspects of the game, at least. They need to realize that it's a problem. They need to realize the gravity of the problem. And then they need to prioritize it over other tasks. And uh, I don't know. I, haven't for, I know for a fact that Valve reads Reddit very closely. Like if there are bug reports there or serious game-breaking stuff, it gets fixed really fast. Um, but I didn't see much outrage on Reddit about we are struggling to load into auto chess. No, you didn't no, no. see people complain about it very well, much. Well, you know there's a separate subreddit for so, auto chess now, right? Yeah, but do Valve That's, read that one? I mean, wh what, are they going to read the Dota 2 subreddit for problems on auto chess? I mean, they have to know how no, popular this game is. There's no way they don't know about that subreddit. You know, I think that's... There's no I don't know. Way. I, I just, I don't know. But then so. there's other things that this probably takes a longer period of time to create. So there's, I understand why it maybe wouldn't happen. But the no spectator thing for yeah. custom games in general, uh, that's probably a trickier one to do. But that's a huge deterrent in terms of making this game more competitive. Uh, and mm -hmm. then a more design decision from Drodo, the items like he talked about. Like, How up to date are you with the items? Okay, so when I played, there were certain levels against... Uh, just Creeps. the AI that you're fighting yeah. them, creeps. And they had a chance of dropping certain items based on which level it was. They were like tiers. Uh, some items couldn't drop early on, and some some items, I think, couldn't drop later on because they were too low tier. But the range of which you could get items, even from the beginning of the game, was ridiculous. You could get around one Perseverance, or you could get nothing, for example. Yep. Uh, yeah. I've seen Refresher the after the th first three rounds before. Yeah, that is... Absurd. All right, so to make that so. even worse, they somewhat yeah. recently added a new feature where when you die, 
50% of the items that are on your courier or your heroes will be divvied off to other people. They randomly. Will, they will literally fly onto somebody's board randomly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> because it's funny because everybody complained about the items and like, hold my beer real quick as I increase the RNG in this game dramatically. Yeah, so, it's like, well, the problem weird. that people have with items to begin with is how fast you can lose if you have bad items compared to the other players. And yeah. now it's basically like, well, fuck you, you lost. Let's yeah, there's, there's many games game where, again, I'm not saying I'm a professional player by any means, but even in professional games, you can see the same thing, where you end up like third place and you feel like, man, my composition was really good. And then you look at the items of the first and second place, it's like, he has a Daedalus Mask of Madness on Luna. How am I possibly going to win this game, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a huge concern. There are so many fixes, right? There are many things you could do. If you want to keep it RNG, fair enough, but you could drop the same amount of items for every player. You're like, okay, you get one item round one, and it can pull from this subgroup of items. And maybe somebody gets lucky and gets a ring of health, and you get a buckler, and you think the ring is better. You know, that's an element of luck, but it's not absurd. Yeah. This is basically like. What what would be a Dota equivalent of this? That the runes that spawn would spawn next to a tower of one team instead of in the <laughs> river. And then it's just like, oh, too bad. You didn't get a rune this time. We did. So we're going to just gank you and take your tower. Get oh, now wreck, your rune son. can't spawn there anymore. You know, like, imagine that. That's kind of, it's honestly the level that it's on. Well, that's more absurd. than that. It's like five double damages that can spawn next to your tower sometimes, yeah, right? It right. just depends. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think that is really bad. I think for me that that amongst the, the spectator issue is the thing that's really holding it back from becoming more of an eSport, traditional eSport that we're used to. But based on what Drodo has done, it doesn't sound like they care about the RNG. They're just going to increase it, which is unfortunate. But it does make sense if you're trying to cater to mobile people, right? Because that's where the money's at, I guess. I suppose. I It's always this, I guess this discussion, right? Do, if they don't want it to be an eSport, or be competitive, it doesn't really matter very much, right? Like, there are plenty mm-hmm. of games out there that are super unfair and are really about luck. Um, and some people like those games, other people don't. I would say, based on my experience, people that are competitively minded and really want to hone their skills and get better and improve at something prefer to have less luck because there's a very much clearer connection between uh, their rank and their actual skill. Like, they right. feel like it's clearer why. But uh, in a game like auto chess, I actually think your rank doesn't always represent your skill. And that is bad for two reasons. This is my, actually, I think this is my number one biggest gripe with the game apart from RNG is when you queue, what game you get placed into and what ranks people are seems really random. Yeah. If you don't play an in-house league system, if people didn't organize and do leagues, I think almost nobody would be queen rank. It's literally Dota 1, like you said. It's because literally the same thing. You know, imagine this. It's a game that's RNG-based. You're Bishop 5. You just press Find Match. And you get placed in a game with seven Knight 3s. And if they're lucky, a couple of them, and beat you, not because they're better, but because they're good RNG and got good items, you get punished so hard for losing that game. Like You don't even have to lose dramatic. You can be second or third place, and you'll still lose ranks that game. You lose basically the equivalent, if you think of the Dota MMR system, it feels like you lose a full rank mm. from or two ranks in like Archon or Legend or whatever. You just lose the progress of 10 wins or three wins or four wins in one loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And that's, I don't know how they would implement this with a search algorithm because custom games, what it just does is that it just puts people together, right? Like it doesn't check their rank. I don't know how it would internally do that because as far as I know, it downloads your rank. Once you're in the game, it fetches your status from the server. And that means the matchmaking server doesn't have this information. So it can't really, you know, it can't place you in right games. And yeah. basically what that ends up meaning is that there's like this little community of people that actually care about their rank and getting better. And they now have to leave matchmaking they actually have to play in-house leagues or they or it doesn't work um yeah once you get to bishop you, know, you, you can't play pubs anymore you can't do it's it. it's kind of you know that that's in a way that's not a problem because a lot of people that play this game just play it casually right like you just play it for fun you just queue a game whatever win or lose i don't care about my rank i'm just here to have fun oh i got a sick board this time that was fun or i got a shit Those board the whatever that open again. fork the whole game until they're dead they don't even play the game have you seen that i which game <laughs> They, it's called open fording. In theory, oh, the idea know. is you lose on purpose. So you don't put any units out. But then there's people that just oh. do it for the whole game and they just lose. And it's like okay, nice. <laughs> they never disconnected. <laughs> there's people but like in that a way, world. in a way, this kind of is appealing to the like the trend right now with battle royales. In my opinion, where you like, yeah, it's oh, super yeah. fast to find a game. You join, you can get really lucky with weapon drops and get super strong. And there's still an element of skill. Like if you're shit at your weapons, you're still going to lose. Yeah. But you can do very well or very poorly. And if it goes poorly, whatever, just queue again. Find your next game in five seconds and play. And um, with that, like, that mentality is very... If that's how you think, the game design is really good, right? For that kind of play. It's super good for casual. Um, and then it's an entire different discussion. Are, are Battle Royales very good for competitive game? Like, how much does it matter how lucky you get with drops? That's the big struggle. Yeah. All this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and oh, again, from a viewership standpoint, it's funny to watch people suffer or watch people find amazing weapons and own everyone, but do the players like it? It's kind of the same I, discussion, I just absolutely, in a different genre, right? so. I absolutely hate to agree with you, but uh, I'm going to have to. And we've actually gone over an hour, Cinder, so let's let's wrap this up. We have a lot of stuff that we didn't even talk about. We have a couple of community means... questions we could save. Uh, well, th we can just do the like. first one real quick. Where is A to Z okay. Challenge? Uh, it's dead. Kind of. I mean, we we completed it. Yeah, we we did it. The well, goal that, was to play. There's still more heroes now, though. Yeah, we can do one or can we even do two episodes? I think we can it's do one three or two heroes, maybe four. Yeah, I'd have to look yeah. it up. So yeah, so there's guess, like yeah. Technically, there could be one or two episodes that we can make, but the idea of the show was that we played the heroes in pairs. Mm -hmm. uh, and saw how high win rate we could get. You know, you could run a second season, but I feel like the novelty is kind of worn out, and it's more fun uh, to come up with People did a make idea. a nice point. I'm not saying we should do this, but the heroes have mm -hmm. changed quite drastically since then. That is true. A lot of them, at least. So it, it would be a little bit more interesting. But Plus, I mean, I've also gotten worse, and you've gotten to... better. So the discrepancy is even larger <laughs> than before. <laughs> we did try to... Uh... to come up with a new idea, because we thought it was fun to do, and then we tried the... What was it we called it? The... RNG challenge was that what we called it, where we like rolled the dice for who played what role and what lane we went to, oh, yeah. and who was farming and stuff. Yeah, that um, sounds. Yeah. It just didn't really take off in the same way. So, we we would have to come up with something else that's better. I think just running a second season, if you will, of A to Z dual lane challenge doesn't like sound that. I don't think it's going to be nearly as viewed or as interesting for people. Well, that was the other thing. We, done, we right? did have a couple episodes afterwards after a big break and they just didn't get any views so i figured nobody wanted to watch it so yeah if you guys want us to watch it just tweet at us that's the best way to do it you know uh okay well that's the end of our inaugural episode of uh what's the show called again we say things 
an esports podcast. You can find it. Uh, well, I say this now, but uh, obviously live on twitch.tv slash TV whenever we do the episodes, which will be once a week. I don't know if we're going to. I might make it on like Tuesdays. I don't. I haven't decided yet when I want to actually do this stuff, but we'll figure it out and we'll announce it on our Twitters and whatnot. Uh, to listen, the easiest way to get there is sunsfan.gg slash podcast. It goes to the, the screen where you can... Like everything should be up on like Apple Podcasts, uh, Android, or what Google Play, I guess, Spotify. It might take a few days for them to propagate the first time, but after that it should be pretty fast. And obviously the VOD on uh, Dota Cinema's YouTube. Uh, so next week, we got a lot of different stuff to talk about. Artifact will be among them. Uh, my, I th- I said this on an interview recently. My NDA for Digital Chaos is uh, up, so I can talk about anything I want. I don't know if I that will. will be, that would be a juicy episode, though. I don't know if I will talk about everything, but I'll definitely talk about some stuff that I wasn't technically allowed to talk about. Um, yeah, that's a tough one to decide. What <laughs> there's a lot of drama there, but uh, should be fun either way. So yeah, that is the end of it. Thanks for watching, guys. Remember, if you want to ask us questions or submit topics, just submit them via either our Twitters or on the YouTube video itself, and we definitely take a lot of suggestions. Any last words, Cinder? No. Thank you. Until next time. Goodbye.